Onigiri Press Audio Productions presents Rice Cooker Revenge by S.J. Pajonas Part 1 of the Kami no Sekai short story series Chapter 7 Rice Cooker The kitchen is quiet as the sun rises, kissing the sky outside the window pink first before lighting the ceiling along the stove. I'm glad I got this spot in the kitchen because I can see the door and the window from my perch. Keys rattle, and the chef enters the back door before flipping on the lights in the kitchen. He's in early today, probably to drop off his things before heading over to the fish market. He tosses his keys on his desk and groans, roughing up his face with his big hands. Staring off into the corner of the room where I'm sitting, his eyes scan every inch of countertops. I was wrong to tell Ryu not to be particular. The chef notices if anything is out of place, even a rag or a sponge. His mobile phone rings and he pulls it from his pocket, swiping across the screen to answer. Hello? Yes, this is Nakamoto. Oh really? Good, good. I placed my ad with you almost two months ago, and I didn't hear from you for quite some time. He pauses as he grabs a piece of paper from his desk and a pen. He hesitates with his hand over the pen jar, fingers touching each pen. Is he counting them? I see. I see. Okay, well... I didn't realize the school year wasn't over yet. How many people do you have for me? I'm looking to hire two. Oh no. What's this? The chef jots something down on the paper and nods his head. Okay. Send them over on Friday. I need to give my current employee a week's notice. Thank you. He hangs up his phone and slips it into his back pocket before humming and grabbing his coat. He leaves the note on the desk, and, turning off the light, exits the kitchen. If only I had legs, I would go over there and figure out what's going on. But my instincts tell me, whatever it is, isn't good. Thirty minutes later, the kitchen back door reopens, and Ryu enters early for his shift. Morning, he says, hanging up his coat by the door. I stew for a moment, wishing I was cooking rice and water because doing my job is the only thing that keeps me from being tossed in the trash. It settles me, and I'm unsettled knowing something is about to change Ryu's life forever. I thought I'd come in early instead of staying late. I figured it was better for me to be alert for all of our chat sessions, no? Though I think I'm going to go out for coffee. I think you should look at what's on the desk first, I whisper, certain the chef will be back any moment to catch us having a gossiping session. What's on the desk? Ryu walks over and scans all the items on the plywood before he picks up the piece of paper the chef left behind. New trainees. There are two names here. Ryu's face pales and he licks his lips. I'm being replaced. I'm so sorry, Ryu. You may have about a week, so we should work fast in the meantime. I have some ideas for you. Ryu stares into space for a long moment, his eyes flicking back and forth over the desk before they focus on the chef's double-breasted uniforms hanging neatly to the right of the refrigerator. He snaps up a piece of paper and a pen and strides over to me. Go. Tell me everything. I start with all the places the chef buys his ingredients from thinking they must be the best because otherwise I can't imagine why people would be fawning over his temper like it's food from heaven. He gets so much praise for being such an asshole. Ryu furiously jots down every place the chef gets his ingredients from I can think of, every grocer and fishmonger who has ever stepped foot inside the kitchen, or any place the chef has mentioned out loud to Yoshinoro, or had a conversation with on the phone. I am capable of reading, I'm a smart rice cooker, after all, but since I only sit in this one place in the kitchen, I can never look at the invoices. Having no mobility is a definite loss when it comes to spying on my boss. Ryu is 10 items deep on the list when the back door bursts open. 
Shit. Neither of us heard the door unlatch. With a large box of fish in his hands, the chef strides in and dumps the box on the stainless steel counter. Ryu. What the hell are you doing here? You usually don't come in for another two hours. I, I, he tries to subtly put the note in his back pocket, but the chef's eyes narrow at the pen in his hand. Are you stealing pens from me? The chef's face heats to bright red, a volcano about to blow. I've noticed pens have gone missing. No, sir, Ryu stammers. I was only writing down a few things, and then I was going to put the pen back on your desk. I swear. What are you writing? The chef comes around the counter and reaches for the note still in Ryu's hand. If only Ryu had managed to get it into his back pocket, maybe the chef wouldn't have reached for it. Too late. The chef snatches the paper and lifts it in the air. It's just some poetry, Chef San. I like to come here in the morning when it's quiet. It is not poetry, you idiot. His eyes dance over all of Ryu's notes, and I begin to panic. This is all happening too soon, too soon. I expected to have some time yet with Ryu to build his confidence and encourage him to soldier on with all the information I would give him. He's so far from being ready to spar with the chef at his own game. And if Ryu leaves, there's no guarantee I'll connect with the new trainee and be able to carry on this mission. You have been stealing from me. And not just pens and food, because don't think I haven't noticed produce going missing, but information about my business? He holds the paper up in the air, waving it around. I can't believe how ungrateful you've been, after all I've done for you. The chef's face is the color of pickled beets, sweat beating on his forehead and spit launching from his lips. Ryu shrinks back against the counter next to me, his face pale and arms shaking. I wish he'd stand up for himself. Ryu has every right to eat in a kitchen he works in. No other chef would deny his own workers food. This is outrageous. I'm going to call the cops. No one steals from me and gets away with it. No. This is way out of hand. I need to save Ryu. What can I do? The chef turns away, pulling his phone from his pocket. Whatever you do, find me and fix me, I whisper to Ryu. Then I hold my breath and concentrate as hard as I can on my inner circuits until... Pop. And all goes black. Chapter 8 Ryu. Gah. I yell, jumping back from the rice cooker. The lights in the kitchen flicker as a flame leaps from the electronics panel on the front, quickly melting the plastic and spewing acrid smoke into the kitchen. The chef spins around, dropping his phone on the floor in shock, his mouth wide open. I dart past him towards the fire extinguisher near the stove. I yank the canister from its holder and aim at the rice cooker, pulling the trigger and dousing the top in foam. Once the flames are out, I reach over to unplug the cord from the wall. Oh no! I sigh my hands falling to my sides. My friend. What the hell am I going to do now? Its last words were, find me and fix me? And how am I supposed to do that? I tentatively touch the lid and open the top. The lid and bowl inside are still fine. Only the front electronics panel fried in the fire. I wipe a finger across the electronic readout and press my hand to its front. Cold. I think the fire's out. The chef stands mute, looking between me, the extinguisher in my hand and the charred rice cooker. Damned thing, he breathes out before huffing. I've only had the thing for seven years. I thought they were supposed to last ten. My temper rises so fast, I'm blinded by rage. Well, if you stopped mistreating it so often, maybe it would last longer. I push past the chef and hang the extinguisher back on the wall. You'll need to get the extinguisher charged back up again. I reach for my coat near the door. Wait. Wait, Ryu. Stay for your shift and I'll pay you tonight. 
I pause with one arm in a sleeve. You actually want me to stay today? After accusing me of stealing from you and then getting ready to call the cops on me? The chef slips flap, and he burbles before he picks his phone up off the floor. It is sadly not damaged. You could be a little more grateful for all I've done for you. All you've done. For me? For me? I finish putting my coat on. You've done nothing for me but pay me less than minimum wage, off the books, with no health care costs, and no breaks. You didn't even let me actually do my job, which was supposed to be a trainee, someone you train in how to make what the restaurant makes. I've been here two years, and you only ever let me touch the rice. You're despicable. I walk up to him and put out my hand, proud of myself for standing up to the chef but terrified of what may come next. You can pay me now for this week, and I'll leave without calling the cops on you and informing them of all the health codes you violate every day. The chef's face flattens into an impenetrable shield, his eyes scrunching down until I can't see them at all, they're buried under folds of flesh. Stalemate. Who is going to break first? It certainly isn't going to be me. I'm too poor to back down. I need my wages or I won't eat this week. Just thinking of food makes my stomach grumble. I didn't eat breakfast today to save money for lunch. Fine, the chef huffs between his lips and his features return to normal. As he turns to walk away, I close my eyes and breathe a sigh of relief before looking at the rice cooker. I'm sorry, my friend. I have no idea how to take you with me, unless... Here. The chef yanks open the safe in the wall behind the desk and counts out cash on top of his books and papers. This is what I owe you for the week. Don't come back here, he says, shoving the cash at my chest. Not even to eat. If you do, I'll call the cops and tell them what happened here. Fine, I say, recounting my earnings. What? You don't trust me? I glance up through my bags. No. And you owe me for today. I do not. I saved your kitchen from catching on fire. At least have the decency to pay me for the day. Fine. He counts out a few more bills and shoves them at me. Now go. I fold the bills and stuff them into my back pocket, turning and walking from the kitchen, never to look at it again. I may be poor, but I have enough pride to not give a shit about losing a crappy job. Outside, I take a deep breath of the morning air, grab my bicycle and walk it to the end of the alley, chaining it to the fence around the corner and out of sight from the kitchen's back door. I nod at the old woman who lives next door to the chef's restaurant and she smiles at me. Nice day, Ryu, isn't it? Indeed it is. Any day that starts with freedom is a nice day. She laughs and waves her hand at me, not having any idea what I'm talking about. I lean against the wall, waiting, my arms crossed over my chest. About ten minutes later, just when my hunger is about to get the better of me, I hear the kitchen's back door squeaking open, grating across the concrete outside. I peeked my head around the corner in time to see the chef emerge from the door with a busted rice cooker. He opens one of the large, blue dumpster bins and drops it inside before dusting off his hands and heading back in. I break into a sprint, run down the alley, lift the lid to the garbage can, and fish out my friend. There we go. I had a feeling he was going to throw you out. The rice cooker doesn't respond, and I frown, sad it's so silent after so many weeks of chattering my ear off. Para para, para para, para para, all day long. I hoist the rice cooker up under my arm take it to my bike, and strap it to the back. I need to figure out some way of fixing it. I arrive home to an empty apartment. My brother left the same time I did and I don't expect him home until late. We never see each other except on the weekends, anyway. My brother is lucky he has a job that only asks him to come in during the week. I, on the other hand, 
have never been that lucky. Also, when the workday is done for my brother, he gets to go drinking with his workmates. When my workday is over, I collapse into a heap and fall asleep. There are real advantages to being a salary man. I set the rice cooker down on the coffee table in our tiny living room slash my bedroom. I sleep here at night. When I come home, I pull my futon from the closet, lay it against the bare wall, and crash. In the morning, I get out my ancient laptop, also a hand-me-down from my brother, read the news, return emails from friends around the world, check in on social media, and browse job openings. Lately, I've been dreaming about going back to school, enrolling at a university and getting a real education. I was thinking I could learn accounting or something, and then I'd be able to work almost anywhere. But now I have no job and my only friend for the past few weeks is a burned out piece of machinery that reeks of cinched plastic. I'm too hungry to do anything, so I microwave up a cup of ramen noodles, slicing up some frozen fish cake for protein. It's a cheap meal, lacking in any kind of nutrients or fresh vegetables, but it'll have to do until I can get back on my feet again. My brother is going to be pissed when I ask to borrow money again. I sigh, plopping down on the floor to eat next to the table and rice cooker. Maybe I can keep my jobless state from him for a few more days. Let's take a look at you and see what the hell happened, I say to the rice cooker, setting aside my empty styrofoam cup. I pick it up and examine the case on all sides. The front panel is marked with black smoke and melted around the edges. My fingertips are immediately coated with the slime from the fire extinguisher, so I set it back down and head to the kitchen. I run the water until it's hot wet a rag, and clean up the rice cooker again. Didn't I just do this for you a week ago? I pulled the bowl out and wiped down all the exterior parts before setting it back down on the table. There. That'll do for now. I've never fixed anything electronic, though, so I'm not sure where to start. Should I open it up and take a look around inside? I rifle through the closet in the hallway to my brother's room and the bathroom until I find the small set of screwdrivers and other tools we keep around. I flip over the rice cooker and unscrew the cover, opening its guts for the world to see. Inside is some kind of logic board with a whole bunch of wires, but nothing is vaguely familiar. I shine a flashlight in and a cluster of wires are all melted together. This must be the problem. Five YouTube videos later, I think I know what needs to be fixed, but I'm going to need to visit a repair shop, which I don't have the money for. I fall back on the floor and gaze out the window at the blue sky and beautiful day outside while I'm fiddling around with a rice cooker indoors. I should be out enjoying my freedom but this little appliance just saved me from ending up in a jail for the night. It sacrificed itself and created a diversion, stopping the chef from calling the cops on me. What should I do? This has been a Onigiri Press Audio Production. Copyright 2015. By S.J. Pajonas. Please respect the copyright of the author and do not redistribute. Stop by spajonas.com for more information. And stay tuned for the next chapters in this story.